reports that the last people remaining in Nauru under Australia's offshore detention policy would soon leave the island have been welcomed by the Human Rights Law Centre. But it's saying what about those still languishing in Papua New Guinea? While the number of people remaining in Nauru continues to fall as a result of transfers to Australia and resettlement in other countries, more than 80 people previously detained on Manus Island remain trapped in PNG. Many with serious health problems caused by years of detention, isolation and medical neglect. The Human Rights Law Centre's senior lawyer, Scott Cosgrove, told Don Wiseman about their plight and Canberra's refusal to do what it's obliged to do. It was always something of an arbitrary decision how people were treated when they arrived by boat to Australia back in 2013. The people who are still in Nauru and PNG today are people who arrived at that time. So it's almost 10 years that they've been living in these very difficult conditions under these policies. Some people who arrived at the same time weren't sent to Nauru or PNG and were allowed to stay in Australia. Some people were sent to PNG and others to Nauru and it was really quite an arbitrary decision that resulted in that. And it's also an arbitrary decision what's going on now. Almost 10 years later, the Australian government has taken some steps to bring the numbers who are remaining on Nauru right down. And if this continues, it won't be long before there are no longer any people left in Nauru who were sent there by the Australian government. The problem is PNG. Now, PNG, there are still about 80 people there. These are people who were previously detained on Manus Island and they are not going to go away. And yet the Australian government's position is that it's no longer responsible for those people. All right, if we can unpack a few of these things. Why is it now, after all this time, that Australia is finally saying, bring those people here from Nauru? Well, the... People themselves and organisations like ours at the Human Rights Law Centre have been saying bring those people here for a very long time indeed and it's been very difficult under successive governments to get very much traction. In general the numbers have only been going in one direction because the people who were sent to Nauru and Manus Island were sent there many years ago. No one new has been sent to either place since 2014 or thereabouts and We know the story. People uh, really had their spirits crushed. They developed some really difficult physical and mental health conditions, which in many cases required them to be taken out of those places. People were, according to some doctor's reports, really hours or days away from, from losing their lives if they weren't brought to a place where they could get necessary medical treatment. And that meant it's been quite regular over the years for people to be brought to Australia for medical treatment. Alongside that, you've had agreements with other countries. Australia's position is that people can't settle in Australia, and yet it's also been very clear that neither Nauru nor PNG is a suitable place either. So there have been a range of arrangements made with other countries. People might remember an agreement that was made with Cambodia many years ago in 2016, Almost seven years ago now, an agreement was made with the United States to take some of the people who'd been in Nauru and PNG, and most recently, of course, an agreement between Australia and New Zealand to do the same. So that has led to the numbers of people steadily coming down over the years, but there's a fundamental problem alongside all of this, which is that the numbers of people 
needing a solution in the form of a safe and secure place to rebuild their lives have always been larger than the number of places that exist under these agreements. There's been no indication as to why the coalition government is continuing to ignore PNG in this way. It certainly doesn't make an awful lot of sense if you look at the reality. What happened in 2001 is that the then Home Affairs Minister, Karen Andrews, announced with her counterparts in Papua New Guinea that the job was done, that the agreement was over, that Australia and Papua New Guinea were no longer going to have this arrangement whereby people who arrived in Bo- by boat in Australia would be sent to PNG. And look, that seems a sensible enough situation given what a failed policy it was. The problem is that Australia walked away from that arrangement while there were still more than 100 people stuck in PNG who'd been sent there. And it was always a denial of reality to say that those people could have normal lives remaining in PNG or that those people hadn't, from the day they arrived, been entirely under the control of the Australian government. It's clear that Australia has been responsible for their safety and for their future since the day they arrived. And that continues to this day, irrespective of what announcement might have been made on paper in the past. Now, we know that the health of these people that remain in Port Moresby, in many cases, is still very poor. What does your organisation know specifically about them? It's a significant number of people, more than 80. And so, as you can imagine, there are people in a range of circumstances. But the common experience is that this is a small population of people who have been denied an adequate standard of healthcare and also denied any certainty in their lives or information about the future for 10 years. And the results are something you can imagine. It was um, assessed some years ago that this was a population with levels of mental ill health above anything else that had been seen in any studied population in the world. In some cases, given that we're dealing with refugees, this is connected to people's experiences of loss and tragedy and persecution before they came to Australia. And in other cases, this is an example of the policy itself reducing capable but vulnerable people to a mere shell. This has had, you know, obviously life-changing effects for people, but it's also jeopardised the next steps because there are some examples that we are aware of where individuals simply haven't had the wherewithal to engage with the kinds of decisions and processes that might lead to them getting out of their predicament. For example, being able to engage with those resettlement processes in order to be considered to go to the United States or indeed to New Zealand. So the the health impacts are a very significant part of this story. They are something that we've known about for quite a long time and they are just another reason why Australia continues to bear responsibility for the situation that this uh, group of people has been put in.